This week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast is sponsored by The Lost and Forgotten, The Journey to Understanding and Loving Me, a book written by my mother, Stephanie Bryan. It is a book about her life. Uh, There's a lot of intimate details about her life, my life. Go purchase the book right now at Amazon.com. The link will be in the description below. Again, The Lost and Forgotten, The Journey to Understanding and Loving Me, written by Stephanie Bryan, my mother. Let's start the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And before we start, if you would do me a favor, please come and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to wherever you're listening. It would definitely mean a lot to me. Of, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and I, it would be rem- I, I would feel some type of way if I didn't, you know, at least under didn't say something about the historic day. Uh, Martin Luther King... You know, he he's probably the most quoted person ever outside of the Bible. And, you know, his fight for equality, for injustice, of course, along with other people, is the reason why we're here today, is the reason why you see, you know, African-American athletes playing alongside Caucasian athletes, is the reason why I have a platform to speak freely about what I love, which is sports. So... Again, I want to shout out to Martin Luther King and his family on Martin or for Martin Luther King Day and his impact on the world is still being felt today. I don't think that we are completely where he envisioned us being. However, I do think with a lot of, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of the process that we've seen this year, I do think that we're headed in the right direction and I believe we are making Martin Luther King proud. So again, shouts out to Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King Day. That was yesterday. And let's talk about some sports. So this weekend, we had the divisional rounds. We had the AFC, the Bills against the Ravens. We had the Chiefs against the Browns. We had the Packers against the Rams. But where we're going to start is the Bucks against the Saints. The Bucks beat the Saints 20, 30 to 20. And this game was I'll say this was the this outside of yeah this was the game of the week in my opinion this game had so much writing on it of course you had legacy games I mean you had the legacy between Tom Brady and Drew Brees you had to me one of the the most complete team roster on paper which is the Saints going against the one of the top defenses in the in the playoffs which is the Bucks this game had so much to it and what we saw was kind of I did let me say this. <laughs> I didn't expect what we saw, but I'm kind I kind I'm kind of upset at myself for not expecting it. And here's what we saw. We saw two quarterbacks, two older quarterbacks, of course, 42 and 43. We saw them going in the in two different directions. And this is what I mean. I'm not saying Tom Brady's getting younger. Don't don't hear me say that at all because that's not not what's happening. But Drew Brees looked like a 42 year old quarterback. You know, he threw three interceptions. He had a, the the team had a total four four turnovers, and that those turnovers were the were the 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 deciding factors of the game. Each turnover, you know, had or gave the Bucks great positioning or great field yeah positioning to score and they scored on every turnover and it here's 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 what I'll say congratulations to the Bucks for and Tom Brady for making it to the making it to the NFC championship I think the first time winning uh, or making it since 2002 so shout out to them. But this game really is about Drew Brees. Now, a report from Jake Laser came out before the game saying this game would more more than likely be his last game. And 
of course, we saw after, you know, he kissed, he gave a kiss to the crowd, and he told reporters it's going to take a couple days to think about the season and see if he wants to retire or not. Here is, here is what I think is going to happen. And this kind of is in the same realm of what we're talking about with 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 Big Ben. Now, do I think Big Ben and Drew Brees in the same class? No, I don't. But what I say is this. As a quarterback or as a player, the last thing you want to do is be a hindrance to your team. The last thing you want to do is be out there and know that you d- you're not able to put your team in position to win. Now, is Drew Brees still talented? Yes. Is Drew Brees still accurate? Yes. A lot of those interceptions were because he couldn't. And here's the detriment about Drew Brees. Drew Brees cannot get the ball downfield. Drew Brees, this entire season, has not thrown the ball downfield. He just doesn't have the arm strength for it anymore. And teams know that. That's why you had, you know, the the <laughs> the the Bucks played everything close. Like they 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 didn't even fear Drew Brees throwing the ball downfield, and he didn't because he doesn't. He just doesn't have the arm strength. I believe this game was won by the Bucks because of the turnovers that drew the three turnovers Drew Brees had and the one uh, fumble that Jared could Jared Cook had. I think Drew Brees' inability to to throw throw downfield was the main reason that they lost the game. Now I understand you can look and say, well, they beat them twice in the regular season and they only lost by ten, but you got to think about it. Each of those turnovers resulted in some type of points, whether it was touchdown or field goal. Like they they resorted in some type of points, and it. Drew Brees, and I'm going to just say it, Drew Brees was the reason they lost this game. The defense played exceptionally. It's just you're when they're on the field so many times, it's, it's kind of tough. Not to mention their starting field position is usually in, close to the red zone. It's, it's tough for any defense to, to, to overcome that. So you ask, we ask, does Drew Brees or should Drew Brees retire? And here's what I say. And this is the same thing I'll say about Big Ben. I think this is the time. I think now can they can make the decision what they want, but I think that Drew Brees has nothing to prove. Yes, I understand that um, you know, he's only won one Super Bowl and he has a really good team. And the team went all in now. Like you can see their 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 cap, their cap situation, especially next year, is gonna be outrageous because they they went all in this year so i think that this is i think we've seen the last of drew Brees. now what is drew Brees' legacy then drew Brees legacy is a player that when he came into the league he he wasn't good one i remember he i i mean i was i wasn't really old enough to remember stuff like this but i know that he was benched for doug flutie i understand that it didn't work out in san diego Due to an injury, the Dolphins didn't want him. That's what Nick Nick Saban was coaching, but the Dolphins couldn't get him. So they, he went to a losing franchise, which was the Saints, and he turned them around. Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Uh, you know he 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 I think second right now in in touchdown passes ever. I know he's first in touchdown yard. I mean, uh, passing yards, and he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yeah, I. Another thing, and I know he he said some things about the Black Lives Matter movement or or you know Colin Kaepernick kneeling. I get that, but that's the only blemish that Drew Brees has in his illustrious career. Like I said, and, and if, if it wasn't for a couple of heartbreaks and a couple of literal miracles, Drew Brees would have multiple at. Super Bowl appearances at least I'm not gonna say he would have won but at least multiple Super Bowl appearances so you know shouts out to Drew Brees man and and shouts out for the career I say that because I believe 
that we've seen the last of Drew Brees. And if he does come back, hey, much power to him. But I don't think Drew Brees, if Drew Brees is your starting quarterback, I don't think that you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think you have a, win, a chance to win multiple games. Drew Brees is still a very smart quarterback. But his body in a, is his body is is holding especially his shoulder strength is holding him back from being an an elite quarterback he's not an elite quarterback at this point i understand that they made it to the divisional round but that's mostly because of the team that you have around him he still has a top defense he still has one of the best running backs in the league he still has a a, a really good receiving core it, it is it's just Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the is the main reason why they didn't succeed. And I think he knows that. And I think that's why he said, I'm going to take a couple days. And that's why before the game, I, I guess he told Jay Glazer, yeah, that's probably it. So, you know, it, it makes sense, man. And we'll talk about the the divisional champions or the divisional championships a little later. But Shouts out again to the Bucks for winning. They their defense played exactly how they were supposed to play. Now I was one of the people thinking I should have known. I should have known. It's 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 incredibly difficult to beat a team three times in a row, especially in one season. So I should have known that you know it, it wasn't going to be as easy as projected. But you know the Bucks defense was incredible, and Tom Brady. Here's the thing. Tom Brady didn't have astronomical numbers, but what Tom Brady did was he he did the dink and dunk to perfection. You know, I think uh, Mike Evans only had one one reception, which was a touchdown. You know, Gronk had a couple. Uh, Leonard Fournette had five. Like he didn't. He knew he wasn't gonna. Because Don Brady knows also, I don't. He doesn't have like he has. He still has arm strength. Don't get me wrong. So don't don't hear me say he doesn't have arm strength. But Tom Brady isn't slinging a thing like like uh, Josh Allen. He knows, especially to beat uh, a team with the defense that the Saints have. You know, it's got to be methodical. It's got to be methodical and it's got to be quick. Yeah, he was sacked a couple times, but you know he was he was slicing them up and. Again, I understand that the 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 interceptions and the turnovers definitely helped the Bucks, but you know Tom Brady played an incredible incredible game, and I know it when you look at the stats. And if you looked at the game, he didn't make miraculous and he didn't make miraculous plays, but you know it 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 was the turnovers, and I think the the the, the momentum swinging turnover was the Jared Cook turnover. You know they the I think they were up. 10 to 3 and the Saints were up 10 to 3 and they were driving down the field and of course Jared Jared Cook got stripped um or got the ball you know knocked out his hands and stuff but shouts out to the Bucks uh for beating the Saints 30 to 20 and I think like I said we've seen the last of Drew Brees and it, it even if this is the last of Drew Brees he still had one of the greatest careers we've ever seen, especially when you see how it started to when it ended. So, shouts out to shouts out to Drew Brees. Moving forward, let's talk about the the Chiefs and the Browns. The Chiefs beat the Browns twenty two to seventeen. The story of this game, of course, was Lamar. I mean, was Patrick Mahomes getting ha- having to leave the game due to a concussion in the third quarter, and. It was Chad Henney that came in at first, you know, you know, when as a team and you see their best player and this is this isn't just football. This is anything. When you see the best player on the floor or on the field or whatever, when you see them go out, there's a level of confidence that you start to get. Now, no, you don't hope for the worst. Of course, you hope everyone's okay. You don't you don't hope for no injuries, nothing like that. But there's there's a level of confidence that you get when you see the best player on their other team go out and you saw that with the with the with the browns you know they 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 scored a touchdown after uh, Patrick Mahomes went out and it was a concussion of course Patrick Mahomes like 
started running and then he got tackled and I think he got hit in the back of his head. He looked wobbly. I th- I knew at that point, yeah, he's not coming back for the rest of the game. Of course, they're still up in the air to see if he's going to play next week, but I'm almost sure, especially seeing how important this game is and who they're playing, that they're definitely he's he's going to try everything in his power to play. But yeah, man, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs look incredible, man. And and here's the thing, even with Patrick Mahomes when he did play, he still had like a an injury to his toe or his foot, and he was still carving him up. He was still – it's like I think his first five possessions were some type of score, whether it was a touchdown or a field goal. Like, and that's and, – and he was – they were starting deep in their territory. So, I it, it was – Mahomes was just playing incredible, and the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs. I was one of the people that thought – you know, and don't get me wrong, this was a good game. But I was one of the people that thought it's either going to go one or two ways. This is going to go. This is going to be a really close game because the Chiefs have struggled going into this this game. You know, they. I'm not saying struggle as they lost because they haven't been losing, but you know they they've struggled, especially in the red zone. They've struggled, you know, get, uh, uh, connecting with players. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has been throwing interceptions, not at like an alarming rate, but he's been throwing more interceptions than usual. And I was I didn't know what we were going to get. So I said, this this game's either going to be really close or this game is going to go hella bad quick because we know how how Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs look once you start once you turn that on. And that's what it was looking like through the first few minutes. I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a close game. But I mean, the, the Browns didn't play bad. It's just when you're going up against that firepower and. While the Browns have good firepower on the offense, and their defensive line is really good, but you can tell they definitely and, and I said this going in, the Browns def, uh, secondary is is not good, and we saw you know Travis Kelsey was wide open, uh, Harmon was wide open, uh, Kareem Hunt, I mean not Kareem Hunt, uh, Tyree Kill was wide open, like, and, and Patrick Mahomes was carving them up. So, but 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 one thing I want to say. And I'm gonna, uh, and I think it's funny. All before, before let's before the season, before the playoffs run. All we heard, and we'll talk about the the Bills and the and the Ravens in a second. But all we heard was Lamar Jackson is cannot win if he's if he is um Lamar Majak Lamar Majak <laughs> Lamar Jackson cannot win if he is trailing by 10 or more points. I think the the stat was they're 0-10 or like 0-5 if they're trailing by 10 or more points. Did you know that Baker Mayfield is 0-20 when trailing by 8 or more points since he has been named a starter? 0-20 when trailing by 8 or more points. We made a big fuss about Lamar Jackson not being able to win being down, what, 10 points. I think it was like 0-10 or 0-11 or something like that before they came back and beat the Tennessee Titans. Baker Mayfield, who di- the Browns didn't play, didn't play bad, but Baker Mayfield didn't play great. Baker Mayfield played, he played really good in spurts and he had moments, but he he didn't play good enough to win even if Patrick Mahomes wasn't the quarterback so but did, i just thought it's funny how and this is what i remember saying this last episode that Lamar Jackson is arguably the most scrutinized quarterback that's in the league right now because all we heard was he can't come back when he's down Baker Mayfield is 0 in 20 when trailing by 8 or more points since being a starter in the league now i'm not saying baker mayfield's bad i'm not saying he he isn't he's he's not a a good quarterback i'm not saying that at all but what i'm saying is let's call a spade a spade it's difficult in the league when you're trailing and i understand that some people are good and some people are better but let's 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 look at the totality of what we're getting from these quarterbacks and not just focus on how bad Lamar Jackson's been or something like that. Um, but again, shouts out to the Chiefs. 
beating the Browns 22 to 17. I think Mahomes will be back. Uh, he did run run to the locker room after everything happened, uh, and I I think he'll be back for the for the AFC Championship game. And um, and yeah, I, I I think I think the Browns have you know they they're in a good spot. The Browns aren't too far off, in my opinion. You know, they, yeah, they. I, I think if they really focus on the secondary this offseason and maybe get a, because they they spent a lot of money last last season or last offseason on the offense. You know, you got OBJ. Well, you know, he's been had him, but you had OBJ. You had Austin Hooper. You have Nunjoku. You have Chubb, Kareem Hunt, like you have a lot of pieces, and of course they they got the the offensive line right because they have one of the best offensive lines in the in the league now. You get that right. I think now it's time that you have to focus on the defense, especially the secondary. And they, I, I, I think they they have a really bright future if they. I mean, I know all those people aren't going to like, I know OBJ is probably gone. I know that. So, and and I know that there's, there's, there's pieces that's going to have to leave, but I, I think that they have a good core and I think that they have a very promising future ahead. If they continue to, you know, continue to grow, you know what I mean? So again, shouts out to the chiefs for being the Browns 22 to 17. The game that I, the next game I'm going to talk about is the bills and the Ravens. The Bills beat the Ravens 17 to 3. Now, Josh Allen was good. You know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs was the best player on the field, especially in the second half. And and it it really wasn't close. His the way that he was he was getting open against, you know, great, great defenders like Marcus Peters, like Marlon Humphreys, uh Jimmy Smith. Like he he was carving them up. And of course, it's when you have a wide receiver that good, I'm not saying that he's the reason why uh, Josh Allen has been well, has been good, but you know it, it makes the job that much easier when your you when your wide receiver is that talented and you guys are on the same page. But of course, the the story of the game is Lamar Jackson. He leaves in the third quarter with a con- or yeah, leaves by the quarter and a half left and with a concussion and. Here's the thing about Lamar. We know what Lamar is. Lamar is a is a freak athlete. His speed is incredible. We know, you know, he's not the greatest passer, but he can still pass the ball. He can still he can still, you know, he he's he's a talented talent. He's an athlete. He's a very talented athlete. And I, I hear a lot of people today cuz the 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 here's the thing. The Ravens defense played incredible. They only held the Brown or the Bills to 10 points. The Bills has been averaging like th- cracking people's heads with 30 points a game. They only had 10 points. It wasn't for a Lamar Jackson or a pick six that really got them to 17. And he, and here's here's the here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. All today or yesterday, you hear, you know, Lamar Jackson has to be a better passer. Lamar Jackson has to be a better passer. Lamar Jackson has to be a better passer. I will say this. Lamar Jackson does have to be a more. I don't think he has to be a better passer because we've seen, especially in his MVP year, Lamar Jackson can pass the ball. I think Lamar Jackson has to be a better situational passer. And when I say that is you have to be able to pass in situations that you're needed to pass and there's sometimes that he's able to do it there's sometimes that as we've seen you know he 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 isn't as accurate as he should be so I think that if he becomes a better situational passer I think he'll be better but here's the thing that we really need to discuss we really need to discuss we we talk about Lamar Jackson or he, him needing to be a better passer and and like I said I agree to a certain extent but let's talk about the organization. The organization has went all in on Lamar. They've they've modeled the defense and offense around him and rightfully so. You he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's he's a reigning MVP. Like Lamar Jackson is that good. But here is where the organization needs to 
be called the question. Now, I'm not going to say calling the questioning. Here's what the organization needs to needs to look themselves in the mirror and make adjustments. Before you get Lamar Jackson, you know, all this, uh, you know, all these quarterback classes and before that you really just, you know, make him focus on becoming a better passer. How about you get him a number one receiver? Now, I understand that we thought Hollywood Brown or no, not we thought they brought Hollywood Brown in to be a uh, number one receiver, but he hasn't been, you know, he, he, I don't, he still has timely drops. Uh, he, he's still, he's not the, I understand that you're going to, you're going to, he's not the tallest wide receiver. And of course we're going to say, but what about Tyreek Hill? What about Tyreek Hill? He's not as fast as Tyreek Hill and he doesn't have the hands like Tyreek Hill. Let's let's Tyreek Hill is one of one, my G. <laughs> so Hollywood Brown has not been the number one receiver that the, the Ravens thought he was going to be. Boinkins is not a number one receiver. Des Bryant at this point of his career is not a number one receiver. Willie Sneed has never been a number one receiver. You, they, the first, the first thing that the organization needs to do is get Lamar a number one receiver. And there's a lot of receivers that's going to be on the market. Look at Juju Smith-Schuster; he's going to be a free agent. How about you bring him in? Look at Allen Robinson. How about you try to bring him in? Look at Kenny Galloway from the from the Lions. How about you try to bring him in? Why don't you look at some? You know. <sighs> See if you can if you can strike a deal with one of the the Bucks wide receivers because I know some of their their contracts are going to be up. The organization needs to set up the player. Let me say this: the organization needs to needs to make it as easy as possible for the player to for a player success. And while the Ravens have done an incredible job at that with Lamar Jackson, I think they need to do a better job at bringing getting pieces around him. The running game is great. You still have Mark Ingram. You still who might not who probably won't be there. So you know that cap is going to be off. But you still have J.K. Dobbins. You still have Gus Edwards, and you have Lamar Jackson. Now it's time to really focus on the wide receivers. It'd be different if, of course, Hollywood Brown is their number one receiver, but he's not a typical number one. Like he's not good enough to be a number one in any other any other team except maybe the the, the New England Patriots. But that's because their wide receiver core is so awful. So you you go get pieces for Lamar and then you you work on Lamar Jackson being a situational passer look at look at Josh Allen look at the quarterback on the other side of the field Josh Allen was god awful his first few years like he his he his inaccuracy was so bad that he was the main reason the Bills could not succeed i don't know what they did but you bring on Stefan Diggs you know, you get more pieces around him, and then you and then you work on his accuracy. And now Josh Allen's playing for the AFC Championship, and at least in my opinion, the second uh, he he's probably runner up for MVP this year. Again, you get Lamar Jackson some help, you get Lamar Jackson some pieces, then you can really work on him being a situational passer a better situational passer because people that say he can't pass the ball I don't I don't believe that I think that you need to get him pieces get him wide receivers that can create better separation and and that's that can actually be a number one receiver like we know what uh Allen Robinson can do we know what Juju Smith-Schuster can do we know what Kenny Galloway can do you (laughs) you you work you get him pieces and then work on the the quarterback techniques and then I think I think the Ravens would be good and the Bills the Bills defense came I, I think I thought the bill okay the reason why I thought that the Ravens would win this game was because the Bills inability to stop the run and you're going against the best running team we've seen in a decade I didn't expect the Bills to be able to not only limit the run game, but limit Lamar Jackson and his running attempts and and kind of force him to be a passer. And they again, it was that pick six that turned the turned the game around. Yeah, I don't think that Lamar Jackson would have led them back to victory if he didn't get concussed because the team just looked at least the offense just looked discombobulated the entire game but 
again, the shout out to the Bills, man. They 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 their game plan worked to perfection. And it was a smart game plan. You limit the run. I just didn't I knew that everyone knows that's gonna be the game plan when you go against the the Ravens. Limit their limit the run, turn Lamar Jackson to a into a passer. However, it just doesn't work a lot. You know, a lot of times it doesn't work. And I didn't think that it was going to work against the Bills because, or I didn't think the Bills were going to be able to capitalize on that because they have a horrible running defense. And they also can't run the ball offensively, but, you know, it is what it is. But shouts out to the Bills for being the Ravens um, 17-3. The next game we'll talk about is the Packers beat the Rams 32-18. to this is the second straight AFC championship for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers was just incredible. Um, I, I again, this team is looking like the best team on like and it, it doesn't really look close. And the thing is the thing that you know, this this is we're starting to and I'm not really you know, it is what it is. We're starting to see I I'm I'm not one to blame a coach all the time for lack of success or for a team not being able to win but we're starting to see at least it's starting to really look apparent that it was Mike McCarthy holding back Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers from success outside of that one Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers has looked his best since depart or since separating from Mike McCarthy uh and and last year I I understand that you know, and I, I I remember predicting this. I said this in the prediction. I said that Green Bay is going to mirror last year, that the, this year, and and the relationship with Matt Lafleur is going to be better. And as we're seeing, you know, Aaron Rodgers on a great he's he's he has a great rapport with Matt Lafleur right now, and they they look un, unstoppable, bro. And here's the thing: they were going against the best, at least in the remaining of the playoffs. They were going against the best defense in the playoffs in the Rams, and they were <laughs> they were making it look like the Rams are playing on rookie, and they were playing on Hall of Fame. Like that's how good Aaron Rodgers was. You know, he was getting Lazard. The game, the, it would have been worse. The score would have been worse if if it wasn't for Lazard dropping a, a a wide open touchdown. You know, like Lazard was was good. Valdez Scanling didn't really even have was he really wasn't even in the game. But uh, Adams was good, and of course Aaron Jones was great. You know, it, it the Packers look look unstoppable, and it's hard for me seeing what I saw from the Packers to think that they. You know, we'll talk about it in a little bit. And let's you know we'll talk about the we'll talk about the the Rams. The Rams have a lot of situations on their hands. They have one of the highest payrolls on the league, and a lot of the players that they're paying aren't producing. And let me not let me let me not sugarcoat it. It's not really a lot. You have to make a decision on is Jared Goff going to be the quarterback of the future or not. I know if a report came out yesterday saying that Jared Goff and uh. Sean McVay are not on the same page. What are you going to do with Jared Goff? And if you do decide to move on from Jared Goff, who's going to pick up Jared Goff? You know, the Rams, we know they went all in a couple years ago with, you know, Todd Gurley and and Aaron Donald and and Fowler. And, of course, you had Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And, you know, that's when Jared Goff was, was at his best, I guess. But... And of course, they got all the way to the Super Bowl, but Jared Goff does not look like a top quarterback right now. And this team is not built to win in the long term. This team is built to win now, especially when you look at the you know the defense. You know, you have Jalen Ramsey, and still Aaron Donald is still one of the best. He was just hampered with an injury, a rib injury. So they need to make some decisions. Is Jared Goff going to be the one moving, the man moving forward, or? Do they need to invest in or look other places? So, you know, the Packers look like the Packers and the Rams, unfortunately, look like the Rams. Like the Rams is such a Jacqueline Hyde team. They can look incredible like they did against the the Seahawks that once that uh, like a game before the the or 
Yeah, like they looked against the Seahawks when they just destroyed the Seahawks. Or they can look like they looked against the Jets. You know what I mean? So it's like you really don't know what you're going to get from the, the Rams. And that is a problem when that team costs as much as it costs as far as in terms of payroll. And the people... It's kind of like the Cowboys. The people that are getting paid the most, or at least some people that are getting paid the most, are not producing in big moments. And that's something that needs to be rectified. So uh, moving forward, let's 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 talk about the divisional game. Let's first talk about the AFC championship, which is the Bills against the Chiefs. I think this really hangs on if if Patrick Mahomes plays. I think if Patrick Mahomes plays, it's really hard for me to see the Bills stopping the... You see, here's the thing. The Bills were able to stop the Ravens because they knew they didn't really have a wide receiver that could create separation like that. Even though you have Mark Andrews, who's who's still a tight end, and he's he's really good. They didn't have a receiver that could that can really put fear in your heart. And they knew if they limited Lamar Jackson to throwing the ball more than running that they have a great shot and even with that game plan and Lamar Jackson going out you only win by 14 points and the defense the Ravens defense still limits you to 10 points I understand it was wind and this that, and the third but I get a but 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 the Bills were also at home and that is definitely a factor that that a game plan cannot be made for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes does not run like Lamar Jackson, but Patrick Mahomes throws ten times better than Lamar Jackson, and you have more weapons. You have Travis Kelsey, like I said, you have Tyreek Hill, you have McCall Harmon. Like those pieces alone, not to mention Sammy Watkins, and you still have LaShawn McCoy. Uh, they should get Clyde Edwards Alaire back. I this game to me depends on. If if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, if Patrick Mahomes plays, I have to choose. I have to I have to go with the Chiefs because I saw what the Chiefs did with the Browns, and I saw let me see I saw what Patrick Mahomes was doing against the Browns, and it's it's I can't really unsee that. So to me, it, it really depends. Now now don't get me wrong, I think that I and this this is another reason why I think the Bills will have a tough time winning it's because they have no run game at all Devin Singletary is not doing it they, they and it would be different if they were going against like I said the Ravens that you know can stop the run the 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 Chiefs can't stop the run like the Chiefs have a have a really tough time stopping the run just like the the Bills however you don't need to worry about that because you Devin Singletary and the Bills running game does not put fear in your heart at all. So because of that, you're really going to have to you're really going to have to depend on Josh Allen throwing the ball, which he has won and is capable of winning while throwing the ball. But, you know, you going against uh, Honey Badger and, and that secondary is going to be tough. So and not to mention, you have to worry about that high octave offense that the Chiefs have. I just think it's going to be too much for the Bills. So I have the Chiefs winning that. And on the NFC, you have the Packers against the Bucks. This it's hard for me to see what I'm seeing from the Packers and thinking they're going to lose to the Bucks. Yes, I understand the Bucks had a really good game against the Saints and against Washington, but you're going against. I mean, the. If you really look at both games, when you're going against Washington, you're going against a backup quarterback in Tyler Heineke, and that offense, you know, Washington's offense isn't really a a a hell. They're they're seven and nine for a reason. When you look at the game against the Saints, it was Drew Brees's three interceptions and Jared Cook's uh, fumble, which four to- four total turnovers that, and all of those turnovers were in pretty much set up the Bucks beautifully to score. I don't see three turnovers coming from the Packers. Now, I understand that you played the Packers uh, in the regular season and beat them pretty handedly, but it's, it's one, you're at home. Two, if it wasn't for two uh, turnovers from Aaron Rodgers, which we, we almost never see in his entire career, 
you know, I don't, I don't see that happening. Not to mention you're bringing a warm weather team in the, in the bucks and you're bringing them to Lambeau where I think it's supposed to be like 20 degrees and a high chance of snow. Now I understand like players like Chris Godwin who who played at Penn state or Tom Brady, who of course played new England and, and Gronk, that really shouldn't matter since they're used to cold games, but you're, you know, Mike Evans who went to Texas A&M or Leonard Fournette who went to LSU or or White on the defense who went to LSU, Ndamukong Sue, well, he played in Detroit, but that's still a dome team. Um, it's like they're not, you know, I, I'm not saying that the they're you're bringing a warm weather team to Lambeau, and of course we've heard this time and time again. Aaron Rodgers says, "I want, I want a home game. I want, I want it to be decided at home." So. I think the championship is going to be the Chiefs against the Ravens. I mean, the Chiefs against the the Packers. I think those two teams are playing the best right now, and I like their matchups. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I like their matchups. So I have the Chiefs beating the Bills and the Packers beating the Bucks. So moving forward, there we see a lot of head coach. Head, this is the head coach vacancy year. I mean, time. Of course, that's definitely in the off season, but this is a time when when a lot of teams that aren't in the playoffs and have coach positions that need to be filled, they are being filled. Um, you see, Urban Myers he takes the Jags job. Urban Myers, who left college and left Ohio State due to health reasons, you know, it, it took a while for him to wanting want to come back, and I think. You know, the organization where they are with cap money, because I think the Jags will have, if not the most, one of the most uh, cap cap limit or cap height because they're not paying anybody. So they're going to have a lot of money to do to to work with in the offseason. And of course, Trevor Lawrence more than likely come in. That's definitely a beautiful piece or or appetizing piece, you can say, for someone to come in. And the NFL is different from college. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's, it's more difficult in college. But I, I'll say that the only the only pushback I'll say is college is a year round thing. You know, you have recruiting, you have, uh, you know, trying, you know, tra- uh, training camps. You have to worry about if this kid is doing good in school. You have to worry about their academics. Like there's a lot of things you have to worry about in college that you don't have to worry about in the NFL. However, on the flip side, it's different talking to a player, talking to a 19, 18, 19 year old kid who ain't getting paid nothing than talking to a grown man who's getting paid 20, 30 million dollars. Like it's, it's, it's different. So this is what Urban Wired wanted. I think that the Jags is a great place for him. Of course, you're getting Trevor Lawrence. And I think I mean, everywhere. Urban Myers is gone, whether it's Utah or Florida or Ohio State. He succeeded. Now, again, I understand that's college, but, you know, he succeeded everywhere he's gone. And the Jags is a young team. Again, I understand that you have a lot of cap space and a lot of money to operate with. And we'll see who we bring, who, you know, players he brings in. We'll see who we, I think it's very important. This is a very important for him to hire the right staff, especially seeing as though he's used to college and now you're going to NFL. I think you need some strong personalities that, are, you know, that that are willing to to be assistants and, and on the staff. I think that's very important for him. But, you know, Urban Meyer gets the Jags job, which is good. Uh, Robert Sala gets the Jets job. I think that's good for the Jets. I don't know how good that is for Sam, you know, for Sam Darnold, seeing as though I thought that you'd need a quarterback coach that could really connect with him. Now, I understand that Robert Sala is one of the best uh, coaches in the league to connect with players. However, he was a defensive coordinator. So, and I, and of course, the Jets have always been, you know, their, their calling card has always been defense. And I think we need to see what they're going to do with Sam Darnold. But, you know, uh, I think it was a good hire for the Jets. All in all, Robert Sala was still one of the best, uh, one of the best quarterback candidates out there, and I think they got who they wanted. Uh, the the tight, you know, the Falcons hired Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. 
I think that is a, a great hire as well. The Falcons, we all know, is an offensive team. And when you have Matt Ryan, you have Julio Jones, you have uh, Calvin Ridley, you want to you you want to capitalize as much. Dan Quinn was a defensive coach, and we know how bad Atlanta's defense has been. I think there, I think whoever Arthur Smith hires as a defensive coordinator is very important as well. But I think they're hoping that Arthur Smith can either connect with Matt Ryan or whatever the, the whoever the next quarterback they're going to bring in they hope he can connect with them and i think that's a good hire uh the chargers hired uh defensive coordinator brandon staley i think the char I, I think matt matt oh anthony lynn is a great coach but i think it was time for him to go i i think that you know situationally he needed some improvement as a head coach and i think that brandon stanley would be pretty good uh especially you know as the Chargers is a very talented team. Like, let's let's not get that confused. The Chargers is very talented, and I think that they hope and expect Brandon Staley to um, unlock at least that defense. And the defense is good. Don't get me wrong. The defense is good. You still have Derwin James. You still have uh, Joey Bosa. But, you know, I, I think it's time. The offense doesn't need a lot of help. You know, seeing as though Justin Herbert looks really good, Keenan Allen is good. You have Eckert. Uh, the the offense doesn't need a lot of help. It's just the defense. You know, I think Brandon Stanley is someone that also can connect with quarterbacks and connect with their players really good, kind of like Robert Sala. Even though he is a defensive coordinator, you know, or he was a defensive coordinator, I think he's really good at connecting with players, and I think that's kind of what they want. They want someone that can connect with the young players because the Chargers is a very young team, so. Uh, and then, of course, there's other coaching vacancies. Uh, we need to see what's going to happen with Eric Bieniemy. We need to see what's going to happen with the Texans, who we'll talk about in a second. But a report came out saying that right now they're the least desirable team. Seeing, of course, what what we're seeing with Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of coaches still out there. There's a lot of vacancies, and again. You can't hire or you can't really interview or or you don't want to hire a coach, especially if they're still playing. Hence, Eric Bieniemy. Uh So I think, you know, this offseason is going to be very, very interesting to see, of course, where, where who who gets what job and, and who goes where as far as uh, NFL talent. So moving forward. So. I wanted to do something fun. So Deshaun Watson, you know, reports have come out pretty much saying he's thrown his last ball in Houston. He's not res- he's not responding to calls. Uh, it's it's not looking promising for Houston. It, it, it's pretty much the writing is kind of on the wall right now, saying Deshaun Watson's pretty much out from Houston. And I want to do the five best destinations for Deshaun Watson. Now, I understand, like, right now, the Dolphins and the Jets probably can give him the most. I get that. But that's not what I want to do. I want to do the five best destinations for him. I'm not, I don't care about cap space. I don't care about this and there because I understand some of these teams can't afford him. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I wanted to have fun, and I'm going to give the five best destinations for Deshaun Watson. Let's start with number five, New Orleans. Now, Drew Brees is going to be out. Uh, Like I said, I think we've seen the last of Drew Brees, and I don't care what you say. Deshaun Watson is better than Taysom Hill, and I don't think that Jameis Winston is going to be there, but even if he is, Deshaun Watson is still better. And Deshaun Watson, you put Deshaun Watson on a team with that offensive line, plus you have Alvin Kamar, you have Michael Thomas, you have uh, Emmanuel Sanders. That that team, that team to me will should be in the running or will be in the running for a Super Bowl for years to come if if they're able to make make some happen. I don't know how, but number and again, I I also put at number 5 seeing as though I don't I think it's very unlikely to happen, but that would, you know, Deshaun Watson, you'll have the pieces that you wanted. You'll have the organization. And then you'll have the coach. Sean Payton is one of the best offensive coaches the league has ever had. Hell, we've seen how how he unlocked Drew Brees. So, number five, I have New Orleans. Number four, I have Atlanta. You have Arthur Smith, who's a new head coach. And 
I think the time is up for Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan more than likely is going to be out there. You have Deshaun Watson with Julio Jones, who when healthy is arguably, if not the best wide receiver in the game with Calvin Ridley, who's probably the best number two wide receiver in the game. And then you, that man, look. Now, again, I understand the defense will still need to be worked on, but your offense will be set. You have... (laughs) That, that's the problem. That was the thing with Houston. Houston has no pieces for they thought that having a running back in David Johnson, who had a pretty decent year, even though he was injured. They thought that and then Kenny, uh, Kenny Stills, who didn't end with the team. Will Fuller, who ended suspended. Uh, they, they just it just didn't work out. So I think the piece that Atlanta have with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback would be crazy. Number three, I have Chicago. Now, I think this could happen. Now, we've we've already seen Chicago and Mitch Trubisky looks like they're destined to be a part. You know, the the team, you know, Matt Nagy's going to come back. And as we've seen, the team, you know, you can only go so far with Mr. Trubisky, especially when you have some of the weapons. Like, I, th- I know he's a free agent, but you have Robinson right now. You have Miller. You have uh, David Montgomery. You have Jeremy. St- uh, you have, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Graham. I think that the, it's just, well, I'm cl- as you can clearly see, I'm choosing pieces that, or I'm choosing places that have pieces, offensive pieces that can help Deshaun. And I think that Chicago, now I understand Deshaun from the South. Uh, he went to Clemson. He played in Houston. He's he's used to hot, so the cold will definitely be different for him. But you have weapons galore, and I, you know, if Chicago. We've always said Chicago was just a piece away, and I think Deshaun Watson will be that piece. Number two, I have Pittsburgh. Now, this could happen because the reason why a lot of people, including myself, are saying that. Big Ben will not be there next year is because he's going to take a $41 million cap hit on the team. It'd be different if he was worth that $41 million by his play. If his play was warranted $41 million, it'd be like, all right, well, you know, it's 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 Big Ben, is 41. We still have some great, really good young pieces. You know, we'll, we'll do what we got to do. But no, Big Ben is not playing like he's worth $41 million. And I think... I now I understand Deshaun Watson is more, worth more than that. I understand some people are gonna have to go, but Big Ben's gonna be gone. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster more likely is gonna hit free agent. He's gonna be gone, and even with that, you still have Johnson, you still have Washington, you still have Claypool. You have, and then they need to focus on. They need to find a way to focus on that running game, but. You have pieces galore in Pittsburgh. And, of course, we know the defense. You get Bug Dupree back from injury. You know, you still have T.J. Watt. That team, to me, is would be incredible with Deshaun Watson. Like, incredible. Uh, before I go to number one, I have a couple honorable mentions. I have the Colts. The Colts would be really good. You know, I don't – I I've been one – I've been standing on the table saying that Phillip Rivers is not it. And – you know, I think with the pieces they have, especially with that defense, too, and Deshaun Watson would be really good. Of course, we have the, the Dolphins. Their defense is great. You have uh, a great tight end. You have really good running back. And, of course, the Jets, the the two teams that are kind of likely to five for him. You know, you, you have that defense. Now the Jets would need to f- figure out how to get some wide receiver help. But, you know, you have some pr- talents or promising pieces. But for my number one, I have San Fran. And that's really because of Kyle Shanahan. We see what Kyle Shanahan has done for Jimmy Garoppolo. We see what Kyle Shanahan has done for Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington. We see how great Kyle Shanahan is at getting the most out of your quarterback. And I couldn't imagine just how good, especially with uh, Debo Samuels and uh, what's his name? Aruka or something, something. I forgot to say his name. But I couldn't only imagine what Deshaun Watson would be with a quarterback. I mean, with a coach like Kyle Shanahan. So I have number five, or New Orleans. Atlanta, uh, number four, Atlanta. Number three, Chicago. Number two, Pittsburgh. And number one, San Francisco. So I, I think that is probably going to dominate the, until he gets traded, I think that's going to dominate the, um, the offseason is where Deshaun Watson goes. I think Dewan, 
Dewan. I think Deshaun Watson is a huge domino piece, and he he's probably the first domino piece for a lot of teams. I think almost every team. There's probably maybe four or five teams that don't need to call, but every team that 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 their quarterback is not the future needs to call for Deshaun Watson. And and you know I think I think it's very it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes. So let's move forward. So the NHL season started last week, and you know you see a lot of changes. You're seeing a lot of changes, and a lot of it wasn't talked about here, and a lot of people haven't talked about it except for NHL channels. But NHL is probably the sport that's going to be affected most by COVID, and I say that because if you've ever been to an NHL or hockey hockey game, it's unlike anything else. The NHL really hangs their hat on having the best live experience. It's it's just different. You know, it's different from any football game, basketball game. We all know I'm a I'm a basketball head. However, it's just different going to a a live hockey game. And hockey gets most of their revenue from live games, which it is the the fans cuz if you even look, most if not all of let, let's just talk about the caps cuz all I know is the capitals. A lot, most of, oh, pretty much, if there was 82 games, 81 would be sold out. Like, that's how, that's how much people love going to, and I, and I would assume that it's like that for other, for most other cities. And COVID is really hitting the NHL hard. You know, they, they had a successful end of the season last year with the bubble, but they're not doing a bubble this year. And there's a lot of things that needed to change because you're not, you know, they've already said that they're not having any fans. So that's majority of their money that they're not making. So how they're adapting is they're going from 82 games to 56. Uh, You're having logos on the helmets and on the ice and, you know, the rinks. Again, you need to. They need to find a way how to, how to. They need to find a way. They're they're trying to find a way how to capitalize on this season and moving forward because they're they're they're. I think the projection is they're going to lose up to a billion dollars just this season, seeing as though they're not having fans in any arena, and that's where most of their money coming from. And they they had to do division realignment instead of having like the NH. NHL, uh, you know, um, well, let me say this. They, they have some, because they need to make money and because they're having a shortened season, they did, they did, not only did they change the names from, for the, uh, divisions, but they, they had to do some division realigning. So now you have the Mass Mutual East, which was, I think, the Metropolitan or, NHL Metropolitan or whatever. You have Washington, Philly, New Jersey, Boston, the Rangers, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. That's for the Mass Mutual uh, East. You have the Division Central, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Florida, Carolina, Detroit, Columbus, Dallas, and Chicago. That's for Discover Central. You have the Honda West, which is Vegas, Minnesota, Arizona, Colorado, St. Louis, uh, San or San Jose, <laughs> the Los Angeles and 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 the, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's the Honda West. You have the Scotia North, which is pretty much all the Canada teams. You have Toronto, Montreal, Cal- Calgary. You have Winnipeg, Ottawa, Edmonton, and Vancouver. So. I think it's very it's very interesting to see how the NHL was going to fare this season. Of course, I think they're going to have a successful season, but this is going to do a lot more moving forward because you already you're, you're going to lose money regardless, and they're going to have to make it up some way. So, just you know, watch because right now I think the only place I can see hockey is NBC, uh, NBC Sports mostly, but you know they're they're pretty much going against. Um, news and stuff like that so look to see if they if they try to spark a deal with espn um of course i think once the fans will start being able to come in i think the tickets will probably uh the ticket sales are going to be or the ticket prices 
I should say, are going to be higher than usual, seeing as though they have to try to recoup the money that they're losing. And I know players' salaries are probably going to get cut. I know the NHL and hockey players don't make a lot of money, but I understand. Like I said, they're 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 going to be playing catch up at this point, and I think that you know their players are players probably understand that at least not this year, but in the coming years, salaries are going to change drastically, seeing as how they can adapt to the the one billion they've lost this season. So, like I said, the NHL it's it's exciting. I'm excited to see how they adapt to one not having a bubble and two, you know, seeing you know with with all the hell a lot of most of their um in fact all of their divisions are now are sponsored and titled after banks so they're they're looking to see how can we make as much money as possible seeing as though we're losing a lot of money so there's that and lastly before we go the WNBA free free agency started last week as well and this free agency is this year at least is huge seeing as though there's some huge names. There's Candace Parker. There's Sue Bird, who just won a championship. And there's Diana Taurasi, among among other free agents. And these these names are can be game altering. Like imagine if Diana Taurasi went to like the Connecticut Sun or went to the Washington Washington uh went to Washington. Imagine if Sue Bird left the Storm. How how big that would be. Or Candace Parker, who's been a staple for the LA uh Sparks imagine if they if she leaves you know we saw we saw a couple moves like what last year you know we saw um players that were moved and made direct impacts on their team and like Skylar Diggins going to Phoenix you know I I think that I don't I know that there has been like a the way that the Sparks ended especially with Candace Parker how I think she got like benched the 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 second half of last year or second half of last you know the last game of last year I think that you know I I don't I don't know if she's gonna stay or not or I don't know if they want her back even though she's still a top player again we know how important Sue Bird is to the storm and of course, we know how how important not only Danny how we know how important Danny Taurasi is not only to uh, the the Phoenix Mercury but to WNBA in general. Hell, we know how important all three of those players are. So I think that this is a very important um, WNBA free agency, and, and to see where they go if they do leave will be huge and will will cause huge ripple effects throughout the entire league and it is it is interesting to see some players won't be back due to the fact that teams can't afford them anymore seeing seeing as though they are affected by COVID as well so I think that you know it's it's definitely interesting to see how how leagues like the NBA WNBA NHL NFL are adapting to COVID and and how they're going to to move forward so and there you have it. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Uh, please subscribe. I should have said that in the beginning. Please subscribe in the. I appreciate you guys. Please subscribe to whoever you're listening. If you, if you know, come to the YouTube channel and please subscribe. I, I think the visuals are, are quite incredible. If you ask me, but again, I love you guys and have a great week. And until next time, much love. Project fences to live in luxury.
nobody gave nothing to me. Be careful while fucking with me. All of my little brothers body, they cutting for me. Yeah, they gon' cut you for me. Lay in the cut with them cutters and cut you for free. Say she in love with me. But say you love, I just want your company. I fall in the club for free. I give my dabs and them husband no ones for me. Cause that type of shit don't phase a player. This type of shit. Is what make a hater when you got it out of mud, yeah. Ran it up, yeah. Really don't get no fuck, yeah. Don't get no fuck when you turn nothing or something, yeah. Really hustling, yeah. Y'all can get that money, yeah. We get that money, yeah. Rags the riches, 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 rags the riches. We had to smash some niggas Those silver spoons, we had plastic utensils He just came home, he still packing his pistol Dying in these streets, or get saved by the system Or get you some millions, my lifestyle is vicious These hoes ain't gon' miss you, they fuck on your partner Act like they forgot you, that shit had you sick My girl, she the realest, I know how to pick them I know what I did, I need you to back with me I know she get ugly, but that's why you pretty And pushing her Bentley, my kind of stink I put up no millions, I never go broke I'm a god in my hood, I give everyone hope Can't remember the time when my answer was nope I remember the times I had nowhere to go down to my lowest, I turn to a poet I'm pouring my heart out, I bought my little boy house I brought all the bros out, I never try to show out I'm never gonna go out, never that Every time that I turn around, I'm giving back Once they whack him, his daddy ain't no getting back I was giving my all, not asking for it back I had blue hearts at first, I had to turn them black Rags the riches, rags the riches 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 Rags the riches Rags the riches, 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 rags the